Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Going to talk Cubs uh, after their Rocky Mountain disaster. Pretty rocky, eh? Whatever else uh, folks might want to do with that. Um, So obviously we'll talk about the Cubs series loss in Colorado um, and kind of I would like to take a step back and look at the broader context of where things stand. Um, We'll talk about Pete Crow Armstrong's arrival. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to be about the shape of things. And starting with, I think, the series loss in Colorado, kind of 10,000 foot view. I think what's... Brett, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to say something about David Ross. He... Screwed up big time. The Cubs were on a 5-2 run. And then he pinch hit Alexander Canario. The Cubs are now 2-5 and five since Alexander Canario played. What is David Ross doing? Why would he allow him to have an at-bat? It has screwed up this team. He doesn't know what he's doing. Unacceptable. The failure to play Canario <laughs> was actually the galvanizing force in that clubhouse for some reason. It was, it was all the guys were like, man... He's never going to play Canario. We just got to we gotta persevere. And then he got one <laughs> shit at bat against one of the toughest right-handers <laughs> in baseball. Struck out. And the guys were demoralized. You know, they were like, oh, that poor kid. That's what he's going to carry with him forever. Uh, that, that that was his one, one big league plate appearance. So I agree with you. I actually no. <laughs> um, no, I'm sorry. I had to say that. Yeah, no. I I was just thinking there was a what was it? This series 
there was something that a lot of people were getting in a twist about David Ross that I just did not didn't see it the same way. Didn't agree with it, and I'm 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 blanking on it. It could have been Fulmer pitching. It could have been Fulmer pitching. Um, yeah, I mean that that whole end of that game, I think was kind of understandable the way it played out. And I know lot, screwed. Yeah. Well, and when <laughs> Fulmer didn't have his first six pitches were like like oh shit they should not have brought this guy back <laughs> yeah. he, folks have to remember there's the three batter rule so he had to face the next batter no matter what people were like what in the world is he doing why is he not taking out fulmer i think i, I guess i would add to that in a non-humorous note uh, it would have been lighter coming in because he was warming up to face a lefty um you know little little concerned about lighter when i i we had all noticed his performance had been kind of spotty i guess the last few weeks but i was particularly concerned when i went back and looked pitch by pitch to see one his splitter usage is way down and out of the last 28 that he's thrown he's gotten two whiffs two this is a pitch that i believe at his sort of peak of of everyone being like oh shit this guy's great earlier this year i think it had something like crazy like a 56 percent whiff rate on that pitch where um more than half the time he threw it, he was getting a whiff, and usually from a lefty. Uh, and now it was just two out of 28. And the spin rate is down to a funky level, and, um, you know, something's just not quite right with it. And obviously the usage is heavy. I do. I just wonder about that pitch specifically as it relates to a guy's hand because it's a, I don't know, it looks uncomfortable to throw a million times in a short <laughs> period of time. So, you know, we'll see if he bounces back after a good bit of time off because the Cubs, of course, need it. Because one thing that did happen over the course of these three days in Colorado is that Adbert Alzali is headed to the injured list with uh, it's the injury of the year for the Cubs. The forearm strain that you're not super duper worried about. Usually you hear forearm and you're like, oh, shit, that's code code for the elbow. Um, In this case, you know, Justin Steele had a forearm strain. It was kind of just take take a couple weeks off, get right. Uh, same thing with Fulmer, who, who I should mention struck out the next two batters in that uh, appearance on Monday. And then I think that's the the talk at least about Alzali's situation is that it's just kind of limiting his effectiveness right now. So give him a couple weeks. They tried to give him a week, and it obviously wasn't enough. So hopefully he can come back at the end of the season. And in the meantime, there's going to continue to be this mixing and matching in the bullpen and and I think you're right in this series I did not have I don't know I didn't really have occasion to be freaking out about the the bullpen usage I don't know if you guys want to say anything about that and I'll circle back to the 10,000 foot view stuff yeah I mean my one thing was like I'm as we've discussed on the podcast I try not to nitpick every decision because I don't know what goes into everything until you know you have a debrief with David Ross and even sometimes he doesn't give you every little detail but uh the only thing I like you know I don't love bunting but I I get some of it uh and in general the one thing that stood out to me that I questioned at the time was Jose Quas just stopped throwing his slider uh and and I was like what is going on here why is he only going sinker four seamer and it was a little concerning and thought maybe he stayed in for a batter or two longer than he probably should have but again I don't know what the bullpen situation was at the time and I and off the top of my head I can't remember every batter that was coming up and who may have made sense at that time although Drew Smiley I think came in they ended up winning that game so it doesn't like you know 
let's not overthink it. This wasn't a manager-based loss. This was a player-based series loss. Um, and, and I mean, yeah, we can we can go to the ten thousand foot view of it all, and it's it just seemed like uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the Diamondbacks uh, and that that series. You know, they didn't play poorly. They didn't come up with a big hit. The some balls didn't fall. I thought they played poorly this this week in Colorado. I thought uh, the Tuesday, like just so many base running mistakes uh, that seemed confusing. Uh, I, I don't like, why is Bellinger trying for two there? Why is Madrigal trying for three there? I, I don't get those uh, decisions. I don't get like, it's not acceptable for Ian Happ to drop that ball. Like, listen, mistakes happen. Base running mistakes happen. These things happen, but they can't happen right now. Right. They just, you can't allow these things to happen. Um, Jameson Tyon wasn't good enough after what was it? It was four shutout innings or three shutout innings. Um, whatever it was, it was, was four, it, or it was, he started to get in trouble in the fourth. He started to leave it, okay. leave it over the heart of the plate. Yeah. And he was getting ahead of guys and then all of a sudden failing to put them away. It just wasn't like he, it fell apart too quickly for him. Uh, the Ian Happ's drop was unacceptable. Like that really, like that was a moment when you needed to kind of calm things down and go out and score their inability to tack on runs was really rough to watch this, uh, this week. I, I don't know, you know, like, you need to keep tacking on runs in Colorado. We know that. Uh, and and it's just – it was it was kind of weird to watch because I feel like they're pretty good at doing that lately. Uh, and they just couldn't – a couple guys that you expect to get the big hit didn't. Obviously, Jan Gomes did on Monday, and that salvaged the series. But it was – I thought it was a sloppy series. Um, the, the one, you know, silver lining is that all the other teams trying for the playoff – playoff a wild card spot stink as well so everybody stinks uh my name is patrick and i went down a twitter rabbit hole yesterday and (laughs) was this a thing where people were suggesting this team's defense is better than the 2016 defense what was that wait i can i cannot stop thinking about that because it's just so absurd yeah <laughs> yeah no no on the on the broadcast done? yeah don't hey take it up with pat Hughes. If someone wants to, no with pat if someone Hughes. wants to take a shot if someone wants to take a shot at hall of famer pat Hughes. no he he had suggested on the broadcast that he was he was maybe watching the best defense he'd ever seen and then people rightly were like uh you know it's good but but 2016 was historically good uh my only addendum to that to because you know I love Pat Hughes and I would like to defend him as I would say you could if you wanted to you know get in one of these bar arguments you could make an argument that if you the current composition of the roster if you selected the best guy at every spot for one game I think you could probably argue that it's a push with the if you took one game in 2016 because you go spot by spot it's like oh actually they are pretty close but the difference obviously is that 2016 had that group performing at that level over the course of a okay. whole season. Okay. I took I took Pat's comment as like it's the best he's seen this year. This is their best defensive unit this year. Maybe I Certainly just wasn't yeah. I, and I was I was like doing multiple things while like having the game on, so maybe I didn't fully absorb what he was saying. We'll just say he's right but no matter what. I I think I, I I don't think you can argue that this defense is better than two. I I get what you're saying, Brett, like go point by point, but I you know the 2016 defense we're never yeah, going to see. Pat uses the best, and certainly like Dansby and Nico have been phenomenal. I don't really see it across the board, and it 
maybe look up on, on baseball reference, just remembering that defense was awesome because you just put Javi wherever the ball was going to be hit. You had three catchers who you trusted in game seven of the World Series, and that clearly having Zobrist and KB took it to a whole nother level uh, defensively. And I think that's where, to me, watching this series, like, it's course Field, weird things happen. Like, I can't get super worked up about that if I'm the Cubs. But, like, I thought it was a germane you know, kind of question because as you know, I've been talking to people, it's like, yeah, the Cubs are pretty good. But that says something about the state of the National League, and this doesn't look like a team that's going to win multiple playoff series. And that's obviously getting ahead of ourselves. But I, this week has made me think about it just as the calendar really narrows and you look at PCA and Jordan Wicks contributing to a playoff team and you know you do have this kind of bright future in front of you and it will be interesting to see like you know how many more like you know I don't know buttons this team can push uh when you have a after you kind of call up your top prospect and you have a first round pick winning you know whatever three or four games for you uh down the stretch here and it's either going to be the Cubs are going to be proven right by that their consistency and they're not making you know overreacting to any one game that they can will be proven right if they're dressed in champagne or this season is going to come crashing down really hard on on everyone that you know maybe we've been kind of dismissing some of this of oh it's a one-run game oh luck will even out oh that was a good team oh it's Coors Field uh, we'll see I think that's going to be the fun part here over those last whatever it is 15 games either the Cubs make the playoffs and it's an amazing great fun season or the Cubs collapse down the stretch and this is an absolute failure and a totally wasted opportunity which is especially going to suck if it's that one by the way because again we talk about the context of the whole season this wasn't expected you know it's not like this is if they miss the playoffs at a season level that this was what a failure you know, what a failure of this powerhouse team to miss the playoffs. I was thinking about how the uh, Javier Assad start is actually a nice microcosm for what these last two series have been. Uh, so if folks will recall, his outing against the Diamondbacks at Wrigley, really significant lack of command in the zone, but he was getting hit hard because he was leaving stuff over the middle. Uh, his diverse pitch mix helps a little bit because he can he can throw five, six pitches, but he didn't really have any of them working great. Okay, so Cubs lose three or four in that series, and you're, you're kind of like, well, it was mixed. That easily could have been a 2-2 series split. Come to Colorado, and then that was easily the worst we've seen Javier Assad look this year. I mean, it was, it was really quite bad. Um, I think that the results don't even go far enough in, in, in sort of showing how bad he was. If you were watching um, for him to throw a 50% strike rate is just, it's jarring. It's very jarring. And so um, you see that. And if it were in isolation, you would say, well, you know, he's pitching at elevation. He's at course field. That is an adjustment for all your pitches. It's very hard. There's a reason guys struggle when they come there for one start. It just messes with your pitches. Okay. Can throw that away pretty easily. But there was that start before, and it's like, oh, is he wearing down? Is this? Is it actually both things? And I think you can 
have that same conversation about the Cubs as a whole. And I think that's why a lot of people feel stung by this Rocky series and sort of unwilling to say weird shit happens at Coors Field. You lose two or three. The, the Brewers got swept there earlier this year. It just it just happens. That's true. And that might be what this is. You know, we might look back. We'll, we'll be able to look back in two weeks and say, ah, that's that's what that was. Or we'll look back in two weeks and say, ah, that was where sort of the the cracks were starting to show on a roster that's stretched a bit thin. Some, I, I think we can acknowledge that they got to this point of competitiveness. A lot of that is built on the strength of guys having like really surprising strong seasons. Okay. We see it up and down the roster in the bullpen, whatever that doesn't always last the whole year. And so if you, if you're needing that in order to stay at your current level of competitiveness, you know, there can be some wear down. Again, we see it in the bullpen with health. Uh, we see it with some effectiveness of guys. I, you know, Cody Bellinger is in a little bit of a funk and you wonder, is that, is that a thing or not? Cause as we know, he's the engine of this offense. And so I think it is, you know, this is my 10,000 foot view of where things stand now. I think it is equally plausible that this, that the Diamondback series was what we discussed. You know, they kind of actually looked better than the results. Two coin flip games, like that's just baseball randomness that's going to happen. You know, that's what happens when you're a good but not great team. Uh, and then this Rocky series, eh, you know, it's course weirdness. They made some huge mis- base running mistakes that probably flipped one of the games. They, you know, Jameson Tyone gave up some home runs. They dropped a ball. What You know, they had 11 runners stranded yesterday. So clearly they were hitting. They were hitting. They just weren't hitting when guys were getting on base or hitting for power. Maybe it's just weird. Maybe it's just weird core stuff. Or it's the other thing. Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. Like, I don't know. I, I don't feel strongly either way about like, oh, they're going to be fine or like a collapse is coming, right? Because some of the offensive stuff, you know, there's like little things that I want to see. Like they have, they've had a like their last, like, I don't, I need to look it up, but like, I feel like their last 10 home runs, nine of the been solo shots, just random weird stuff like that. Is that like, that's not they're just coming that's like the sequencing stuff we talk about right that's like ah they're not getting that a couple men on base when when they uh finally find their power the home runs aren't coming often enough i think only two homers in the series right in a series at color right yeah so i know you could say okay you know dansby missed one by a few feet or whatever but still you want to you want to hit more home runs in Colorado Chris Bryant uh, but Chris Bryant who hasn't played in two months hit as many home runs right. in this series as the Cubs did right right uh like there there are little things that I'm concerned about Assad is one of them I I agree with your assessment perfectly there like I thought like that's exactly what I was thinking as watching that I was like he didn't get hit like he a lot of luck the last time he went out and and didn't look good and again he just doesn't look good. It was an uneasy feeling the entire time he was out there. It was like this lead is they need to get more runs on the board because two nothing is not enough with the way he's pitching right now. Uh, he's just not on the edges like he was before uh, that eight inning game in Cincy. Was it Cincinnati? Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody wanted him to go nine and, and Ross was hesitant to even put him out there for eight. 
Uh, I don't know if that's lingering effects. I, I doubt it. It's it's probably just the season as a whole or just a little blip and, and he's gonna and he's gonna lock it back in. We'll see. Uh Quas is a concern for me. Like why did he abandon his slider? We didn't really get an answer to that. I there were a couple questions asked about it that I was watching the Marquee Post game um and and they weren't answered, really. So I don't know if the reporters got more the next day or what, but there was no answer to that. So I don't know what was going on there. Uh, so, yeah, like those are my concerns. I thought Brad Boxberger looked okay. It's good that Fulmer's back. I think those two things will, will help in a sense because Alzali missing I think is a bigger – is a pretty big deal. Like this bullpen is a mess right now, and we just don't know – who David Ross can trust. And and I think everybody's questioning every move he makes because it's really hard for him to figure out who he trusts right now. It's like Julian Merriweather, Lighter's starting to get shaky. And I get what you're saying with the with the splitter. I think some of his like change going away from it is because guys aren't offering. And so he's like trying to, he's like, maybe if I use it less, uh, they'll start offering again when I go back to it. I think he's just trying to change things up. He, he does have a, like a pretty diverse pitch mix since he is a former starter. Um, and we didn't even mention that Kendall Arios on the IL. I don't know. He struggled so much that I, think I was just going to say, we didn't mention it because he's, he's been rough yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So he may just need the time off to get right. I, I wonder how long that's been bugging him and how much that's impacted him at the plate. Probably a decent amount. Uh, and, and in, I think with Pete Crow Armstrong, I, I think if you're saying he has to sit or if you're saying he has to play, I think uh, either can be debated. Like it's, it's a debate right now. Like, is it, do well, you need more of offense probably, right now or do you need, I would say both of those are probably wrong. Right. If you're saying right. he absolutely has to start every day or you're saying he absolutely has to sit, you're I think, both of like, those are they, wrong. They ha- yeah. You have to pick and choose your moments with him. I get the defense is huge. Um, really impressive out there defensively outside of the one sun ball. Uh, I like that bats don't look good and that's fine. That's not like saying that he's going to be a bust. I'm just saying they don't look good right now. He can't catch up to fastballs and they are dotting up his weakness uh, at the top of the zone, and he can't do anything about it. He he just can't. He's not doing anything about it right now. It's fine. It, like he's he's he'll adjust. He'll learn. He'll he'll get better. Like that's what has to be the hope. I'm not saying like he can't handle major league pitching. I'm saying they're exposing his weakness immediately. He doesn't even get that. Like I'm gonna get a hot weekend, and then you're gonna expose me. Nope. Uh, they found it and they exposed it and and he's and he's struggling and you know we'll we'll see what what happens there but um i think ross has to pick and choose when he when when he sees the field uh because right now they just need to score runs and 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 kind of they need one of those blowout games they needed that 7-3 win i think you know <laughs> Like, I guess the one thing is, like, Merriweather – did Merriweather pitch in that series? Merriweather and Leiter didn't pitch in that series, and they get an off day now, so those guys are rested. So uh, if you want to <laughs> take a positive away, there's that. And they just finished, what, 27 games in 27 days. They have an off day today. They have Steele right. and Hendricks lined up this weekend. Another off day coming off that Dimeback series uh, of – no gown and Kelly, no very, and Kelly, uh, manageable homestand against the Pirates and Rockies, and then when you finish on the road, but against the Brewers and Braves, two teams that may not have a whole lot to play for at the end of September, correct? Like, 
it, this was a bad series. It did not look great. We have all seen these warning signs of a team that really was kind of uh, in survival mode for a very long time. Uh, you see the signs of fatigue, but uh, if you can kind of weather this, and that is one thing that the Cubs have been very good all season of weathering injuries, uh, kind of riding the hot streaks, kind of patching things together, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Like they've done that to this point, and uh, if they can just get through another one of these kind of ruts, uh, it does present pretty favorably down the stretch. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The only thing that you'll have to watch out for, I would say, in the Diamondback series, that it's a the two sides of the coin are the Cubs are going to miss Gallon and Kelly, which is good, and they get to deploy Steele and Hendricks again, which is good. But it's not always great when a team gets to see a guy twice in such quick succession. And um, particularly in guys like Hendricks and Steele, who have a limited pitch mix and we know why they have success in in spite of that um but you do you do wonder getting to see a guy that quickly um sometimes it does does help the the eye level so to speak of the hitters and so hopefully for the cubs it will be a matter of getting to face lesser quality pitchers and steel and hendricks have been really solid obviously for uh most of the season steal more so than that. So um, you overall like the Cubs chances of taking two of three in that series. And, and we've gotten to that point of the year where you are having to sort of really think about these series at a micro level and say, yeah, you got to take two or three. That's, you know, if you, if you don't, you, you, you know, I was doing a check-in on the standings this morning and sort of looking at the future schedules for the other teams. And there are not, tough schedules ahead for these other teams uh now the cubs don't have a tough schedule either because is uh, they're not playing good teams and the one good team that they're playing well the one great team they're playing the braves may have already sewn up that top overall spot in the nl by the time the cubs play um and so it's not going to be an easy road for the cubs even as they already 
they're in playoff position right now. You know, like I think people lose sight of that too, that they are on the inside right now. You know, they got they're they're closer to the wild card one spot than they are to being out of the playoffs. They're they're game and a half behind the Phillies. And so the the stars are still aligned for the Cubs to stay in this thing. It's just that I don't know that they're gonna get a ton of help externally because as the teams around them aren't great, but they have kind of cupcake schedules. It, it, for the folks out there who want to do the watching other games and rooting, you're going to be doing a ton of rooting for the Mets and the Cardinals because they are all over the schedules of every single other team the Cubs are competing with. It's Cardinals and Mets, Cardinals and Mets, Cardinals and Mets. So, you know, two two of my least favorite teams in the universe, but I will... I will do my duty and become a big Cardinals and Mets fan for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, one some little things that that I think. I mean, did you say Bellinger is kind of struggling? Um, Only that we're, we're not seeing him carry the offense in the last. You know, okay. Yeah, I I think his at bats have been okay. I thought he was, he didn't really show up the past two. It was like he got thrown out at second and then stopped hitting <laughs> the last two days. Fuck this. But outside of the, <laughs> but outside of that, I, I think he's been fine. I like, I just want. I'm just trying to think through like what, how, what's going right, right? Obviously, oh, the D- young pitcher Dansby's been like hot as Jordan heck. Wicks. Dansby since that four hit game in Cincinnati has looked great. Uh, Saya is scorching hot, um, and and I think Bellinger's still hitting. Nico Nico, Nico looks really game. good at the plate. Yeah, he just looks good. I mean. The in general he looks good and even I know like uh, it's weird because I don't always watch the broadcast but Sut was really hammering how awful how bad Ian Happ's been I don't like has he been striking out a lot or something I don't think he's been striking out that much like he's he's been taking his walks and he's been hitting the ball hard and hasn't had a ton of luck I felt like he's been uh, he's been what Ian Happ has been all year and, and it's a profile yeah. that for whatever reason people just don't appreciate uh do you know by clutch score he's been the cubs most clutch hitter this year which i I know just (laughs) drives people crazy to hear that uh and then he drops you know he brant brown's a fly ball and that just is gonna stick which i still think like you just can't can't do that in that situation that's like you can like feel the game fall like unraveling at that point and and that's just a bad bad i i get fans being up in arms about it and Frankly, like the whole like people not appreciating Ian Happ, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, that's just how it is. You know, there are certain players that that just rub people the wrong way. And I and and he's one of them for some reason. Fan ba- the fan base just doesn't really love him. Uh, so, you know, it, he, he has a, he's valuable in certain ways. And, and I mean, that's the profile that people get mad about. Right. Like the high yeah. walks. Uh, sees a lot it, of unless you're hitting. Yeah, yeah. Sees a lot of pitches. Doesn't. Uh, doesn't hit for a super high average uh yeah that I, I get people being annoyed by that and he's not hitting for a ton of power this year so fair fair enough like complain about him I just didn't think he was in this awful rut until I was listening to Suckliff and I was like has he really been that bad like I feel like he's he, his at bats have been pretty solid anyways my point is there's some there's some bright spots here I, I feel like those guys just need to continue Dansby was the one that really had my attention like he's He's putting together some great at bats, and I and and like with him and Saya finally hitting, uh, I, I think like you have that three you have three guys with those two and Bellinger that you have to hope uh, kind of 
uh, carry the team through Arizona. And if other guys step up, great. You know, a occasional Morrell home run and an occasional Jan Gomes clutch hit. Uh, Amaya kind of had some good at bats. I, I feel like he comes and goes as well. So just in general, I'm looking for the offense to kind of come through, uh, get some big hits, uh, too many men left on base. Just, I mean, the, the base running stuff was really uncharacteristic too, right? Uh, like if I'm, yeah, if I was I'm just going to say through the season, that's just like, that's not how they are. No, they they don't three, get thrown out. I actually liked David Ross's response to that when he was asked about it after where, when, when it's as a discussion, if you tried to frame it as like, uh, you know, what's happening with the base running, right? He's, right. he's like, it's three outs on the bases and you know, it's kind of right because it was it's three that just sort of each of them individually was like I mean I was howling at my TV each time I was like what are you doing even as it was playing out I knew all three were just the PCA bad. one was a hell of a play well no by the catcher no it was a so he, okay here's my thought on that and I <laughs> I love PCA I'm not looking to denigrate PCA because he he had I think in a lot of ways a really emblematic series of what he can be which is a very helpful piece so I'm not trying to shred him on that one you know what happened. He's he's coming up through the minor leagues and he's in dirt and go mode because it's yeah. pr- he's probably never been thrown out on a ball that hit the dirt in the minor leagues. But in the big leagues, if that catcher gets a true bounce, he's going to throw you out every time. A big yeah. league catcher is yeah, going no, to throw you out every time because that was not I, even I a close. That, but that was it wasn't a, even a close that was play. A, it wasn't even that close. Was a pretty sweet pick. That was a pretty sweet pick on that. And it, uh, it was lucky. Pick. It, it just Elias, bounced. It just bounced into yeah. his glove. But. And is it Elias Diaz? Is that, yeah. That's his name, right? He had a lot of good throws in that series. He has a cannon, man. Yeah, that was I was impressive. not aware of that. Yeah. Like, he, I know he's a good defensive catcher. I didn't realize he was that good as far as throwing runners out. But he just, like, he had an awesome series defensively. So, uh, yeah. My, my point is, you know, clean up, clean up these little things that you don't normally see from this team. Let's assume. Let's let's i'm wondering if it, that's just fatigue and and some poor decision making and then just you know i i agree with what pat like patrick's point it's like they're they should be able to take care of business here right like they they have no one to blame but themselves uh especially if atlanta and milwaukee kind of clean things up i think we can we, we i'm not sure if we said it but i think it's it's time to just focus on the wild card right like we, uh, if I'm weird things happen it. weird things no. if weird things happen weird things happen Only right because, but i'm saying yeah here's, i'm focusing on what's happening with the wild card standings. because they end the season with the brewers technically sure. they're within three games right. but they're only four right now so if they're within three games by the end they can i'm just i mean so i won't I'm not. A lot of people are like, ah, eh, just focus on the wild card. So I'm not. I'm not throwing you under the bus. A lot of people. You, are you that, keep believing. You keep. I'm a believer. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. The Brewers all the way until the end. Because they suck. They're frauds. They are frauds. They're going to be in the World Series, and I'm like these frauds. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with you, Zada. I'm, in my mind, when we're figuring out our coverage plans for that last weekend in Milwaukee, it's going to be you know the Brewers will be in like clinch mode or I, I think it'll be watching the uh, wild card standings uh, down the stretch here. Just the math doesn't really work. The, I mean, even the I'm trying to remember when the Brewers came back on the Cubs in 2018 to force that game 163, it was like five, maybe like Labor Day weekend. Like we're already into the middle of September here to, and that took the Cubs actually playing Fairly well down the stretch. It's not like they totally collapsed. Yeah, again, Bruce so... Insane. 
uh, I think you kind of have to, you know, ride these way. It looked like, I mean, the Giants looked like toast, right? When um, they were swept yeah. out of right. Wrigley Field and, you know, they keep hanging around. Uh, we all thought the Reds didn't have enough pitching. Uh, they're still hanging around. Uh, I mean, didn't the Mar the yeah the Marlins Arizona look like one of those? Toast. Did they lose eight in a row? Marlins like, like not toast. that long ago. Some, something like that. Something and like so that. Yeah, they're still around. They will be come down to the end, and ultimately, I think, yeah, you know, <laughs> Cody Bellinger wants a huge mega deal like from the Cubs, like carry this team into the playoffs. Like Danzy Swanson, this is why they gave you an enormous contract. Like play big down the stretch. And Ian Happ. You took what may have been a slight, you know, you took what was presented to you rather than risking in, in free agency, like, because you wanted to win with this team, like, catch the fly ball, hit a big home run. Like, uh, the Cubs figured all this stuff out on the pitching <laughs> side. Well, let's see them do it here in the last two weeks. Like, it's all, all in front of them, all within reach, not unreasonable. Uh, but, yeah, there's going to be some... <laughs> Uh, justifiably angry and frustrated fans on Twitter because they're not going to run the table. There's going to be, I think David Ross said it uh, last weekend uh, <coughs> after one of those Diamondback losses. Like, we knew this wasn't going to be like cruise control into the playoffs. There's always going to be uh, adversity and, and tough moments and challenges down the stretch, and uh, they sure got a lot of it in Coors Field. Uh, three parting thoughts. One, all of that is further confirmation of something we've said for a couple months, which is that this is a legitimately good team. It's just not a great team. And this is what it looks like when a team is legit good, but not great. Uh, two, I'm surprised I haven't seen it on Twitter yet. Someone queuing up uh, Ron Santos. Oh, no. <laughs> With the Ian Happ drop. Uh, that, that might still be coming. And then he dropped the ball. <laughs> um, and then lastly, <laughs> how funny would it be if the Brewers do clinch the central before that series to end the year with the Cubs and they have to decide how much are they going to rest guys and ultimately help the Cubs get into the playoffs? That, that would be it'd be pretty uncomfortable on both sides of the aisle I think to be rooting for certain things at that time so I that's another reason why I will continue to hope that the Cubs stay within three games can get within three games of the central by the end because I would like to just be just be rooting to, to to beat the you know just play it out on the field and see what happens but uh you know that is I just had is, a thought like what if what if the Cubs have clinched a wild card spot and the Brewers haven't clinched the division, and they need to pitch like Burns and Woodruff there, and the Cubs don't have like, and the Cubs arresting Steele and Hendricks for that wild card round. And well, then, especially and then they if they end were to end up, the up Brewers. facing each wow. other in the wild card round, right? Like if the Cubs right. get wild card three, they would face. <laughs> it's not going to so happen. The Cubs could just... intentionally try to tank one of the games yeah, yeah. while the Brewers pit, use up Burns and Woodruff. <laughs> oh, this is some. There we oh, go. This is some chess stuff. All right, we're going to we'll holster that one until end of the month. <laughs> Uh, all right, this is On to Waveland. It's the Cubs <laughs> podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor. You can read my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That is Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. You can read theirs at The Athletic. We appreciate you listening as always and hope you have a great weekend. Cubs playing the Diamondbacks out in Arizona. And we'll chat with you early next week. Take care.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.